I have managed to untangle most of my hair from my microphone. Uh, the perils of doing an action song. Uh, hi, if you don't know who I am, my name's Lydia, and as Eleanor said, I'm the children's minister here, or one of them, we have a fantastic team. And I'm gonna be speaking to us for a little bit this morning. So Eleanor mentioned that we've been looking at some characters in the book of Acts. So I'm just gonna give you a little recap, because it's summer, you're all half asleep probably, you're coming, you're going, you don't know what's going on. So we looked at Stephen, and Stephen stood up for his faith, and he was really brave. We've looked at Philip, who shared his faith with the man he met. We've looked at Paul, who had his life transformed by faith. And today we're going to be looking at two men. We're going to be looking at a man called Peter, who lots of us probably know. He was a good friend of Jesus. And then we're going to be looking at a man named Cornelius, which I absolutely love as a name. I think that's a great name. Anyone here called Cornelius? Oh, what a shame. But we're going to be looking at them, and I want to share a bit about how they both lived by faith. So I'm going to start by reading our story. So I'm going to be reading, this is a, a book recommendation for anyone with a family out there, so it's called Bible Stories Every Child Should Know. Looks like this. It's a really great edition of the Bible. It's got really nice, nice stories, really well laid out, and it even has some questions at the end of each story. So if you have a family quiet time, you can sort of discuss those questions. So the story is called The Good News is for Everyone, and it's based on Acts 9 and 10. Jesus' disciple Peter went from place to place, visiting Jesus' followers. He stayed in the town of Joppa for a long time and lived at the house of Simon, a man who made things from leather. During that time, an angel told a man named Cornelius about Peter. Cornelius, who lived in the city of Caesarea, was an officer in the Roman army. Even though he wasn't Jewish, he taught his family about God. He gave many gifts to poor people, and he prayed to God often. One afternoon, God let Cornelius see an angel coming toward him. Cornelius was afraid. What do you want, sir? He asked. The angel answered, God has heard your prayers, and he has seen your gifts to poor people. Now send men to Joppa to find Peter, a man who was staying by the sea in Simon's house. Ask him to come and see you. So Cornelius sent two servants and a soldier to Joppa to find Peter. The next day, Peter went up to the flat roof of Simon's house to pray. As he was praying, the sky above him seemed to open. In his mind, God showed him something like a large sheet coming down. On this sheet were all kinds of wild animals and snakes and birds. A voice said, kill them and eat them, Peter. Peter said he couldn't do that. He was thinking about the laws that God had given Moses many years before. The laws said that God's people could not eat those kinds of animals or snakes or birds. Then Peter heard the voice again. When God says it is all right, don't say it isn't. This happened three times. Just then, the three men sent by Cornelius came to the house where Peter was staying. The Holy Spirit said to Peter, three men are looking for you. Don't be afraid to go with them, for I have sent them. So Peter went down to the men and asked them to stay there that night. The next day, he went with them to Caesarea, and some of Jesus' other followers went along. Cornelius, his family, and some good friends were waiting for them. 
As Peter walked into the house, Cornelius got down on his knees and started to worship him. But Peter said, stand up, I'm only a man like you. Then Peter said to the people inside, you know about the laws of the Jewish people. Those laws say it is wrong for Jews to visit people like you who aren't Jewish. But God has let me see that it is all right. Then Peter said, I understand now that God doesn't love people from one nation more than another. In every country, there are people who worship God and do what is right. God's let, God lets them be part of his family. God sent Jesus into the world, and he went around doing good. Then the religious leaders put him on a cross to die. But God brought him back to life on the third day and let many of us see him. Jesus will forgive the sins of all who believe in him. While Peter was speaking, the Holy Spirit came to Cornelius, his family, and his friends. Peter asked the Jewish friends who came with them, shouldn't they be baptized? They had received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So Cornelius and the others were baptized in the name of Jesus, and they asked Peter to stay with them for several days. Wow, that's quite a story, isn't it? There's quite a lot going on in that passage. Uh, you might not know this about me, but I'm a vegetarian, and I went to Bible college. And Bible college banter doesn't get much better than, God says kill and eat. Uh, being a vegetarian, I had that a lot in the, in the um, canteen. But what is this passage actually about? Is it God telling me I should go and have a, a Big Mac meal after the service? I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I want to share how I think this passage can help us live by faith and how I think the two men in it were doing just that. And living by faith, what does that mean? It just means living the way God wanted us to live all along, being the people he made us to be, following Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. So first thing I want to say today is we need to recognize if we're going to live by faith that God knows exactly where each and every one of us is at. Just like in the story, he knew exactly what was going on with Cornelius, and he knew exactly what was going on with Peter, and with all the other people who are mentioned in the story. Oh, actually, you know what, I'm really thirsty. Those actions have really taken it out of me. I wish oh, I had a drink. Lydia. Oh, Lydia. the voice of God. Oh, no, it's Lydia. Eleanor's. What? This is my time to talk. What you, you, you said you're thirsty. Yeah. You said, I've, I've got your Diet Coke. Oh, my got goodness. Got you. Aren't I nice? And this one isn't off, by the way. That is, you know, a proper Diet Coke. It's oh, not from my you. lunchbox or anything wow. like that. It's a Diet Coke for I you there. I love Diet Coke. Is that Coke. Right? How did you know, Eleanor? Oh, uh, I work with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was, who's seen my desk, it's a bit of a shrine. Not really, that was a joke, guys. Um, but thank you, Eleanor. Eleanor knew that I, was gonna, that I was thirsty. That's really impressive. She's a really good boss. And she provided exactly what I needed. I think that's going to be important. So Cornelius was a man who worshipped God, wasn't he? He gave to the poor and he prayed. That's what the passage told us. Even though he wasn't a Jew, he set an example for his family and he taught them how to do those things. And as we saw in the story, God saw all of that. The angel said, God has heard your prayers and seen your gifts. So God knew exactly where Cornelius was at. And the Jews, if you have forgotten or if you're feeling a bit tired this morning, they were the special people of God we read about in the Old Testament. So Cornelius wasn't one of them. 
But God still recognized him as a true worshiper, someone living by faith. And then the next person in the story was Peter, wasn't he? And Peter was praying around lunchtime. And this story that I read doesn't tell you this, but other, other versions of the Bible do. It says Peter was really hungry, just like Eleanor was hungry with her breakfast this morning. And actually, during our all-age song, Jess, I saw an, a beautiful act of kindness where somebody gave Eleanor their cookie, I think it was. And that was amazing. They provided for Eleanor. So it's just a real-life, not-staged example of this happening. Uh, but Peter was praying, and he was really hungry. And God gave him a vision that involved food. I don't think this was a coincidence, and I don't think it was God being mean or being like, ha-ha, you're hungry. I think God was using where Peter was at. He knew he was hungry, so he knew the best way to communicate with him was actually just showing him a load of animals and saying, kill and eat. Even though Peter wouldn't have seen it as food, it was a really effective way for God to talk to him. And it was a shocking message to Peter. He was a good Jew. He'd done all the rules. He'd done it all right. But God gave him this message three times, which is quite a lot of times. And God did that to give him the reassurance. He knew that Peter needed to know that it was God who was talking to him. I think some of us in this room, we like God to say things a few different times in a few different ways, don't we? But God is the one who knows about his people. He knows about us closely. He knows who you are. And we can have confidence that God knows about me and he knows about you. Wherever you are with faith, whatever questions you have, whatever doubts you have, whatever struggles you have, God speaks in our language, doesn't he? God's really good at using the things we're familiar with. And he used that vision of food to help Peter know what he was saying. He's not an abstract God. God is very down to earth. I think we forget sometimes that Jesus came as a man, didn't he? He came as a person and experienced that. And then my second point is that God's always trying to talk with us. And when we're living by faith, we need to have that open dialogue with him. He's always trying to communicate. Just like Eleanor had to get my attention to give me that Diet Coke, to give me what she wanted to share with me. When the angel showed up to Cornelius, he was quite shocked. He wasn't expecting that. And when Peter, who you know, was a bit more familiar with angels and a bit more familiar with talking to God in that way, he wasn't so much shocked by having a vision. He was shocked by what he saw in the vision. So when God communicates, when God talks with us, he doesn't always say what we think he's going to say. And he doesn't always say what we think he should say. And through these visions, God brought two people together who didn't know each other, and it would change both their lives, and actually, it changed all of our lives today if we stop and think about it. Both men were praying regularly. Both men were making time to be interrupted by God. I think making space and time for God is perhaps one of the hardest things to do. I think especially when we live in a, a kind of culture that really rates productivity. We really rate getting stuff done and getting to the end of our to-do list, don't we? And I'll be really honest, making time with God doesn't always feel 
productive. I can't, you know, at the end of my quiet time, I can't necessarily see what God's been doing or what I've been doing. I might feel like I've wasted my time. But actually, it's okay if it's not productive because the purpose of spending time and talking with God is relationship. It's not an end product. It's not that we get to say, yes, I've done it. I've ticked that box. I'm a shiny Christian now. It's about living with God, talking with God, being real with God. In my job here and as a mother, a lot of the work I don't actually get to see growth that often. But then God will give me just little glimpses of it. He'll give me a child who's become a Christian and I can celebrate with. Or he'll give me a child who suddenly wants to pray for the group and I'm bowled over. Or even actually at home, it might just be Elijah telling me he wants to do more singing to Jesus. All of those moments are little glimpses, little flashes of the growth that is happening in our relationships. But it's not always easy to see what is happening. But God is always talking. He's always working. He's always communicating. And one of the main ways he does that is actually my next point. He uses other people so profoundly. That just means so much. They're so important in our faith journeys. So Cornelius, he was instrumental in his family's faith life, wasn't he? He was setting them the example of what it meant to be a worshipper. And then he was also instrumental in Peter's realization of what God was trying to communicate through that vision. And that was that God wants all people, not just the Jews. He wants all people to have relationship with him. And this is just kind of like the amazing spread of the gospel, the amazing spread of God's good news throughout the world. And there's probably not many of us in this room who are of Jewish heritage. There might be one or two. But we were, or are technically Gentiles, we are people who have been brought into this amazing, incredible story because of what God has done. And that's amazing. So each of us has a role and a part to play in our communities, don't we? And in this church family. And I just want you to take a a small moment to think, what role do I play here? What example, who are the people who are looking to me for an example? And actually, we're going to have a timer come up, and it's going to be a timer for three minutes. So you've had a moment to sort of think about those initial questions. I've got some more. What teams do you serve on? Who are the people you see outside each week of church? What groups are you a part of here? And how long have you been coming to St. Paul's? And you can sort of pick any of those questions to talk about. And I want you to just chat with the people around you for three minutes. It's only three minutes. I've got a timer, so I don't just give up after 10 seconds because it's really awkward standing at the front in quiet. But I want you to just chat to one another about sort of your sphere of influence, if you want a fancy term for it. But what part do you think you are playing in your community and in the church family? So three, two, one, talk. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for engaging with that and chatting to that. It sounds like there's some really good chats going on, so do continue those after the service over over drinks. It's It's good to chat, isn't it? It's just good to be church family together. 
Um, but what I want us to get the idea is that each of us has a role to play. We might not be clear on what it is. We might not be clear what it is within these four, however many walls, more than four walls. <laughs> um, but each of us has a role to play. And we probably are never going to know the impact of all the things we do. We're never going to know the impact of that one conversation we have or that one smile we sort of casually tossed out. But actually, God uses everything. And there are always opportunities to serve in, in church, outside of church. In your jobs, many of you will be serving God in your own way. And I think it's right and important that we recognize that and talk about that. If you do want to talk about serving in church, just chat to one of the leadership team or the staff team and we can point you in the direction and have a conversation with you about where your skills might be best if you're really desperate to give back. Always need people in the children's team. Always need people in the youth team. Always need uh, musicians. We always need all of us, um, basically, is my message. Uh, but then lastly, my last point in living by faith is that God welcomes everyone who worships him. It's not about where we come from. It's not about our social standing. It's not about our age. It's not about our abilities. Peter's vision was to show this. And he says in Acts 10, verse 34 to 35, Peter began to speak. I really understand now that to God, every person is the same. God accepts anyone who worships him and does what is right. It is not important what country a person comes from. This is great news for us today. Like I said, not many of us are probably Jewish, but we've been accepted into the family of God. And I want to do a bit of a visual demonstration of that. Some of the different types of people in our church family, if you're willing to uh, engage with another activity. So if you're willing and able, I'm going to give a category, and then if that applies to you, I want you to stand up, okay? Or put your hand up if standing up is difficult. Okay, we all, we all know what we're doing? So if you're in school or about to start school, stand up. Yeah. Reluctant. Yeah, there's a few. That's cool. Look around at each other. Okay, if you're retired... few of us, a few of us, yeah. If you work in a hospital or a care home or something like that, stand up like that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, if you do your own washing. <laughs> that might be a controversial one. Um, if you enjoy cooking or baking. Okay, if you uh, play a musical instrument, <laughs> yeah, if you support a sports team, okay, uh, if you're a parent or a grandparent or a godparent, wow, that's quite a lot of us, uh, if you have a sibling, <laughs> if you had a coffee this morning, yeah, well, where's my people's at? Yeah. <laughs> if you're wearing socks. <laughs> and then if you haven't stood up yet, if there's anyone who managed to avoid all of those categories. <laughs> 
Well done, guys. I could go on and on thinking of funny, silly categories, and hopefully we've got to know each other a bit more in that. We know who does their own washing now. Um, but actually, why don't we all stand as I sort of uh, bring this to an end? And I want us to just take a look around at each other. We're all the same to God, and he welcomes each of us exactly where we are. And the beautiful thing about all age services, I love is that we're all ages together. And we can sort of see that wide spectrum of the littlest to the oldest to the everywhere in between -ist. <laughs> That's definitely a phrase. But we're all together. We're all worshipping God. And in living by faith, we need to realize that God knows us exactly where we are. He sees us. He always wants to talk to us. He uses other people profoundly to talk to us. And he loves each and every single one of us. I get told a lot, I am going to wrap stuff now, but I get told a lot uh, when I do the actions up the front, people come up to me and say, I could never do that. Like, you're really brave for doing that. And I just think to myself, well, I could never sing like you could. I'm a really bad singer, fun fact. So for me... I love actions because I love being able to express myself in that way. I love pouring my all into something. But each and every one of us is different. And we are the way God made us to be. James, my husband, is an absolute brick in worship. But I know that God is... <laughs> sorry, James. <laughs> I know that he is meeting God in his own way. <laughs> Whereas I am like all over the place. And I know that God is meeting me in that way. So however you worship, whatever... Uh, is best for you to engage with God. Do that and be you as God made you to be. And we're going to sing our last song now, and it is an action song. It's our song all through history, looking at some of the different people uh, that God used and how amazing that is. So if you do want to help me with the actions, you're very welcome. But just worship God in your own way.